Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our childhood to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Bolin-Clark, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Kara Gail O'Regan. Hello. Um, and today we have no guest, and we're revisiting pop culture that's not from our childhood. <laughs> um, this is our 2017 year in review episode. Uh, kind of a little bit late. We know it's 2018 already, but we wanted to do it, and this is where it fits. So well, here we I, go. I would posit that being that this is a show uh, that deals primarily in nostalgia, um, it's more appropriate that our year in review episode be into the new year, looking back at the old <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, at least we are looking back at something. We're not still in it. You're right. You're right. I know I'm right. Um, so I think Kara and I both, no, I know that we both made lists, but I think we made them really differently. <laughs> Kara, tell me about your lists of um, things from last year. Well, so I just, I have this habit of watching really ridiculous amounts of television, and then once I'm done with it, it just kind of gets immediately wiped from my brain, as if I never saw it at all. (laughs) So, like, I was thinking back, and I'm like, I definitely watched a lot of things this year, and then I couldn't really think of anything, so I had to, like, go back and look at my, you know, like, watch history on Netflix and stuff. And what I realized, I drew some, some conclusions here. Uh, pretty much didn't watch a single movie all year, except for uh, the Lady Gaga documentary, which was amazing, and you should see it. Oh, I also watched that. Yeah. Um, It was, like, all TV, and the vast majority of it was TV that centers a strong female lead. Um, So that was uh, a theme that emerged. And then... I did make a list. I made a list of five things, and then I added a bunch more as honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. We talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and it sounds like you made... You said you made three lists. I also made three lists because I... <laughs> With five things each, which means you have 15 things. It's actually way more than 15 things. Oh, no! <laughs> so we don't have to get to all of them. The three lists were... Uh, five like tv shows that i really enjoyed five books that i really enjoyed and five experiences that i really enjoyed um because i was originally just gonna do like five things that i watched this year and then that spiraled out so uh yeah we may or may not get to everything but um 2017 was full of all sorts of interesting stuff how about you jordan uh i made a much vaguer list. I I actually tried to stick to five things. Um, so there are five things on my list. However, there is an additional like honorable mentions category. Um, and like weirdly enough, they so I thought about this as like five things that are related to like media or pop culture from last year but they're not necessarily like individual things okay not individual shows they're not individual books except one of them um because i also like oddly enough like last year was a year where i consumed a lot less 
than I usually would have. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a year of change for me, which is weird because it's also the year that we started this podcast. (laughs) Um, So that's been interesting as I've, like, cared a little bit less about seeing everything that's supposed to be good or reading everything that's supposed to be good. Mm -hmm. um, I've had to also think about media more because we're doing this. Yeah, that is interesting. I think I definitely watched, I mean, I said that I didn't watch any movies except for the Lady Gaga documentary. And that's actually, it turns out, a lie now that I was just listening to you talk (laughs) because we watched a bunch of movies for this podcast. Oh, right. I mean, but those, I I see why you wouldn't count It doesn't necessarily count. Um, You didn't, like, choose to watch them. Right. Because you thought they were good. Except... Except you actually did choose to watch some of them because you thought they were good. For example, Clueless. For example, Clueless. Exactly. Little Women. Uh, the Net, starring our dearly beloved Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah. So, but I think that's why I like didn't watch any other movies was because I was like regularly watching movies for this, and so when I like wasn't doing that, I was just kind of elbow deep in various TV programs. And I think we talked about, uh, not on the podcast, we talked about previously, just I am more oriented towards television because I just find it a much more satisfying medium. Like you don't have to try and tell your story in 90 minutes or less or three hours, which don't get me started about long movies. I hate them so much, but I will spend all six seasons and two TV movies worth of Dr. Quinn's Medicine Woman uh, on my couch for weeks on end. I can't explain it. I just find it more satisfying because you get like a longer, you get longer character arcs, you get variable well, yeah. stories. It's, it's both longer mm-hmm. and shorter right? because you... You have to commit, like, an hour max at a time. Right. And then it just goes on forever. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching well. a lot of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. It's really good. Or at least the first two seasons were. <laughs> I, The jury is out on subsequent seasons. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, like, have very vague memories of watching that at my grandmother's house. Well, we should definitely do very a Wistful Thinking episode about it sometime because um, it's got all of the things that we talk about all of the time and it's great and I'm in love with Jane Seymour like head over heels in love with Jane Seymour <laughs> somebody get that woman an EGOT she is amazing <laughs> but anyway that's 1993 uh, let's bring it back around to 2017 um, where should we start well, I think you should pick something from one of your lists first, because you have more things than I do. Okay. you That is true. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I think the thing that I enjoyed on TV, like, more than anything else this year, uh, was Glow, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, mm-hmm. Netflix original series, kind of developed by, written by directed by starring women about women using their bodies in ways that you never get to see women use their bodies. And they're not all screen. skinny. And they're not all skinny. And, and they're, they're not, not all, all white. white. And they're not all like, you know, 
I mean, sure, Alison Brie is gorgeous and she's supposed to be like one of the ugly ones, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're not all. They all look different, very, very different from each other. Some mm-hmm. of them look very different than women you would traditionally see on a screen. It's super cool. Yeah. And it just brought me so much joy. So, and they're like so badass, and the outfits are so good. <laughs> yeah. I can't, if, like, I mean, I, I can't get over that. Was like the first thing that I was like, oh, I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they get you with the flashy stuff, and then you actually watch it and pay attention to it and realize like how fantastically it's written, and like the acting is amazing. They're all so good. I and definitely I just... only watched half of it, oh. but so it kept being good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was sad when I, like, finished it in probably 24 to 48 hours. I don't think that it took me very long to get through all of it. Because I just, like, wanted to keep watching it forever. And I do not care about wrestling at all. Like, have never, do not. So I was like, "Mm, I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) But uh, We are very different in that way. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I really like wrestling a lot. Interesting. I don't, I won't, like follow it you know regularly but like i'll turn it on and i'll watch it because like i think i mean it i mean one like it's incredible the the like wwe is incredible like the amount of shows that they're Mm, able to put on that's true and like the amount just like the amount of work that goes into it they have to write new things for every week they travel constantly it's 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 amazing to me that that exists. There's nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, I'm an athlete. And it's, to me, like, so cool to turn it on and see. It's not that close to circus. It's not that close to what I do. No, I but, think like, there's definitely the close, a lineage there. Yeah, yeah. They share something. It's the closest thing that I can watch to circus on television. Mm-hmm. And it has a dumb plot. And that's kind of fun sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Oh, no, I get why people like wrestling. It's just not for me. But Glow Yeah, no, it's is. definitely not for, like, most people. I don't... <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that was really cool about Glow is it's just... It's also women using their bodies yeah. for something that's not sex. Yeah. And just, like, being in their bodies on screen. You know, their yeah. bodies aren't props. Their bodies are, like, actual... You know, so it's so cliche. You hear this in in dance classes around the world, but your body is your instrument, and like that's so true. Like it, it just is so visceral um, on that show, and it just <laughs> not just women being fully in their bodies, but like relationally, women being fully in their bodies with other women's bodies. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes any sense. No, it does. Yeah. Um, did you... So, Glow is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like Shockingly, real thing I have... that happened in the 80s. There was a women's wrestling league called Glow. Yeah. Or a, women, a show called Glow. And did I somehow... you watch them? They're on YouTube. No, and I somehow managed to not see the documentary about it that's on Netflix. Um, oh, I haven't seen the documentary. Yeah, I've been meaning to, because if I'm going to watch a movie it'll usually be a documentary before it will be like a regular feature narrative film. Um, but I just, for some reason, I guess I just been busy watching other things. 
I think I, I also have been not as excited to watch that because, like, I know it's kind of going to be really upsetting and disappointing. Like, cause, well, that's exactly what I was just going to yeah. say. Like, that's kind of how I felt watching the the real show. Okay. It's like, because I, like... I, I also looked up some of the women and, like, mm-hmm. definitely a lot of them, not a lot of them, but at least some of them were, like, some kind of, like, pornographic or, like, you know, nude model type, you know, that was their career, kind of, and this was, like, a thing that they started doing, and, like, and it's super cool that it happened, it's super cool that they did it, and but we it's... obviously have, like, some kind of admiration for it, Yeah. but that kind of thing can't last, so then what happened to them after that? Yeah. And I don't like that part of it. And I don't... Because I feel worried about them. Right. And it's not the case on the the uh, Netflix original series. And it wasn't the case in real life that, like, women were in charge of the actual GLOW right. operation. And, and so it seems like it was actually probably pretty uh, exploitative and, like... Yeah. Kind of a... And, and you know, a lot of um, wrestling is to my understanding like the non like you know it's it's so like with any sports the people who actually like reach the very tippy top are such a small percentage of the people who are actually doing it and like the people who are actually doing it are being subjected to less glamour yeah uh so i'm gonna do the first thing from my list which is the eclipse Oh, which yeah. is not is not so much a pop culture moment, except it was because no, everyone was, was talking about it. Yeah, and um, it was like everywhere. On... Yeah, I mean, it was a big shared experience that mm-hmm. everybody had last year. Yeah. Um, and I I went down south to see it. Like I actually went to where the total eclipse happened, mm-hmm. and I watched the eclipse with um, three of my friends who I was so, so, so happy to be spending time with. Um, and we watched it from a giant inflatable duck in the middle of a big lake. That sounds um, amazing. And it was, it, it really was, and it was just magical. We planned absolutely nothing for the trip, except for, like, we kind of knew where we were going to stay because we kind of knew, like, where we knew people. Mm-hmm. And that was it. We just, like, got in the car drove overnight to get there and like drove around for four days and like saw this magical thing and like it it make maybe like changed my life a little bit yeah like to to see something like that and to have I had a very carefree like four days Mm. during that trip and that's like very very rare for me yeah and something about like the magic of the the earth doing or the, it wasn't the earth it was the moon and the sun but like just something about the, <laughs> something about no, the earth was na- the, it, the earth gets in the way that's how an eclipse that, happens. is that what it is yeah. right like so some, the earth is involved <laughs> i don't look i don't know about science that much so um like something about seeing that and experiencing nature mm. doing something really crazy yeah was was like a little bit life-changing yeah. and maybe i only think that because it was only like a few months ago still but i just i never saw anything like that before and it was it was really cool yeah 
Well, I think spending any sort of time in nature is so important and like can be really healing, you know, even if you can't point to it and say like, this is why it was life changing or like, this is why it was so important or whatever. Like if there's not like a specific thing that you can articulate, it can be really special. And especially if you're sharing that with other people and actually like having that sort of like carefree, somewhat unplugged um, experience of the world and getting to like share it with other people. And not only like with the people that you were with, but like on a global? Did the eclipse happen all around the world? I don't think so, right? Maybe just the United States? I don't know. Sharing it with like a large swath of at least the United States, if not more than that. Um, yeah, a lot of people experienced at least part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's if really cool. And like, I was not in the path of totality, but it was still really cool to see and to like be like outside, kind of like looking up at the sky when like millions of other people were also looking at the same thing. Like we don't even Yeah. Like how often does that happen? How often are we all do we all just agree? Let's all go outside for a second together, all of us. Yeah, that didn't even happen when there were only three channels on T V. And now there's like so many channels. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it was really amazing and moving and like an interesting experience. It made me want to seek out the path of totality next time. I think I'm going to try and do that. Um, and NPR Science Friday did like a really great segment on it after the fact because they had their correspondents like all across the country record themselves like observing the eclipse and very often those people were in groups of people so you like heard the people around them like as it happens and so they cut it together in this really amazing kind of sonic montage of like the eclipse moving across the country yeah Um, that's really and it made me cry in my car (laughs) i have um we we actually met somebody i was with circus friends and we met somebody who is related to the circus world we had people in common just like totally randomly at this this place that we went to out in the middle of nowhere um and she watched it from the shore so she took a time lapse video and you can see us out there on our duck um and so you can see it get dark you can see it get lighting it it's really really neat yeah anyway that was that's my number one thing from last year when i think about 2017 in like 20 years i think that's probably what i'll think of oh God bless you. <laughs> There's so many other horrendous things that I will think of before the eclipse. Unless... Uh, I know. Well, that actually leads me into, like, kind of one of my other ones, but I don't want to skip. We should go back to you. Okay. Well, it we may have a moment of synchronicity here, but probably not. But one of my favorite experiences from 2017 was attending the Women's March in New York City. Was that what you were going to say next? Um, no. no, but I have a similar... See, I knew our lists would overlap. Yeah, so. of course. Um, you know, I, I was... I think, like the women's march as an entity 
aside, like a political entity aside, um, first of all, New York City showed the fuck up that day. It was, <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything like it. I've never been like, you know, Grand Central Station is always very busy. Midtown Manhattan, always very busy. But like, I I just have never seen anything like that. Like there were 600,000 people, I think, was like the estimation of how many showed up for, for New York City, like in Donald Trump's hometown. Like it just, it was, um, well, it was kind of a nightmare, but it was also very magical. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the nightmare part first, then get um, to the good stuff. Well, I think, you know, the the how many people actually showed up was like several times the amount that they were expecting. Mm -hmm. So as far as like crowd control measures and like things like that, it was not great because you could kind of barely move at some points. Um, and I, I just came into to Grand Central Station and just kind of walked outside and it was like going on, but it had started over by the UN and, and like people had a really hard time getting there because there was just so, just so many people, which is just a nightmare on its own. But at the same time, like just that there were so many people who <laughs> were motivated to like get out there and be like, this is not okay. You know, um, that was really on a, like the, day after the inauguration was it or the day before I don't remember but um you know the, like this like heavy heavy darkness that I had been carrying with me since the election like I got this like brief respite of like oh my god thank god I'm not the only person who feels this way first of all <laughs> and second of all to like see that many people in one place kind of all just um saying like no this is not okay um that was really really cool uh um what else was i going to say about it something oh. oh oh but to like cuz i wasn't really i was using my phone to take pictures but i wasn't necessarily you know on my phone because i was just kind of like in the yeah, I was actually out in the world for once, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> participating in life. Um, and so when I got on the train to go home, I was sitting there and I like pulled up Facebook or Twitter, you know, some social network on my phone. And it was like, oh, my God, not just did New York City show the fuck up today. Like the entire world did. There were people Everybody, in Antarctica. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's it was bonkers. bonkers. I, I didn't go to one. I, I just sat home and like watched them on the news all day. Mm -hmm. And it was bonkers. I couldn't see press coverage of it for several weeks afterwards without crying. Because <laughs> I, as we've established on this show, okay, I cry a lot. But like it just was so moving to me that so many people got up off their asses and actually showed up. Um, you know, and like even if nothing actionable necessarily came from that. I think it was a really strong message. I don't know. Even if it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, it felt like it mattered that day and it like gave me a brief respite from, you know, everything else. Um, but the lady that sat next to me on the train ride home 
uh, she saw me like scrolling through my phone and, and looking at pictures from other cities. And she said that she had no intention of going and she was home and she turned on the TV and saw what was happening. I was like, fuck it. And she got on the train <laughs> and she came and she marched and I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. So it just was like a really special day. Um, Are they doing another one this year? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sure it won't have the, or will it, the turnout the last year. I mean, things are so crazy. Like, I know. who knows? Yeah. I mean, and everything that's like kind of happened since over the course of the year um, with regard to women's issues. Um, I think it set like a really strong, you know, first step of saying like, no, no, man, this ain't cool. Not anymore. Not on my watch. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully the, they won't shut off all our credit cards and revoke all of our rights tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. The Handmaid's that's, Tale is um... good too, though. <laughs> oh, that's not on my list. That should go in my honorable oh, mention category. interesting. That actually did uh, make my list because as far as like things that made me feel things this year, um, yeah, as far as like things that I watched, I don't think there's anything else that I watched that, uh, made me have as many feelings as that show did. It was so relevant this year. So relevant. I did just like cry for half of those episodes. Yeah. Um, that, that's a good segue into actually I see now that I can limp two of mine together so I'm going to okay um the first one is I wrote this is a terrible list I'm sorry but it says ladies slash I can't watch white dudes anymore (laughs) (laughs) which is just like a thing a thing that happened to me this year like I I I feel like before this year I had been kind of tired mm-hmm. of a lot of a lot of you know men or whatever that we see over and over again or types of men mm-hmm. types of movies types of shows um because it's boring <laughs> it's, it's like this is like why <laughs> but like i actually it's at the point now where like after after all the sexual harassment stuff after all the talk about it this year i actually like can't watch that stuff anymore yeah like if it only has white men in it or if it has like one token girl mm. like i actually just don't care for the most part i'm sure there are exceptions yeah um you should never make blanket statements on podcasts but <laughs> what, the, what do you mean that's what they're for <laughs> uh but like yeah i just actually don't care anymore and and it's part of the reason why why i didn't watch as many things yeah. this year because when you can't take that anymore there's like not a lot of other choices <laughs> well that's that was kind of some of the work that i did this year like for myself is like seeking out those other like other things that aren't just the the same five ryans over and over again yeah. um and like Ryan's, I thought they were Chris's. I thought it's all the Chris's. No, there's there's Chris's and there's Ryan's. It's, oh, it's, I, I want to ask you who the Ryan's are, and I actually don't. Even I wouldn't be able to tell you. I just know that there's a lot of them. Um, Joey were here, he could tell us all of them. He could. 
but I had like some mixed success with that as far as like seeking out uh, things that center other narratives um, or other characters and it you're right it's hard to find stuff and the thing that just kind of kept washing over me again and again when I would find something and watch it was either like mm, this isn't what they said it was gonna be um, <laughs> which I'll get to that in a second and also like just how deeply sad um, so the like for pretty much all of history the lives of women have been and you know people in general like like we talked about in our little women episode living in the past was terrible um not and it great. was just not great yeah. for anyone but like especially not for women like up until at least 1975 you know and even still as we've learned this past year uh it's still not great but um just how how tied to the to the lives of men women are and the fates how their fates are tied um it's just has been something that washes over me again and again how deeply tragic that is and has been for so many billions of women you know throughout history um yeah but one of the things i'm not i'm not gonna go too negative but i am gonna bring this up because it made it did make me feel things made me feel angry <laughs> made me feel cheated uh which is the netflix series what was it called godless um which is that it's the one that was like they bill like it marketed as, like, as an all women's western or something set in a town without men <laughs> which like you show me a picture of a dusty michelle dockery and you tell me it's a it's a western set in a town without men like i am here for it 100 percent. watch the entire thing in 48 hours because i thought maybe it'll get better maybe we'll, maybe all the women will finally show up um i was so mad because it was it felt like such a bait and switch not only is there a episode one rape scene um like an uh, unnecessary episode one rape scene there are like multiple rape scenes throughout the series one of which is extremely violent and, like, really deeply, deeply upsetting. So, like, just that alone, if you go into a show thinking, like, ooh, this is going to be good for the ladies, and then instead you're, you are faced with that, especially if you're a victim or a survivor of, you know, sexual assault and sexual trauma, like, not fucking cool, guys. But not just that, like, on just simply on a casting basis, like, for the actors that they cast, there must be like a four to one ratio of men to women. Because it turns out it's not actually set in the town without men. It's about a couple guys who are all over the place and they happen to cross paths in this so-called town without men, which has men in it. It totally has men in it. <laughs> There's like at least five men in this town, which, you know, for a town of like 40 people is like still a lot okay maybe not a lot of men most of the men died in a mining disaster and that's why this alleged town without men exists um but most of the series does not take place there uh this the women's stories that do are very interesting and i just want to talk to the creator and be like did you know that you can make a western and like not have it be about those two those same two guys 
Did you know that? Did you know that you can make a Western and actually not have a rape scene in it? Did you know that you could make a Western and like still explore all the tropes that you want to explore and make a story about women? Like, and, and it could even be semi-historically accurate if you wanted to, um, you know, the, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, maybe not super historically accurate, but I'm on like season four of like 30 episode seasons, not a single rape scene. I thought there was going to be one and it turns out they were just violently cutting a woman's hair. <laughs> uh, so that, um, I went a little bit overboard with my anger there. But well, I can, I, I've not watched the show. Don't. But I, I mean, it's beautiful. It's great. When it's you started like, watching it and how angry you were. Yeah. Because I just kept waiting for it to, you know, not be about the men. <laughs> and it never, never really got there. Like, Michelle Dockery is like second build. Um, and she's supposed to be one of the main characters. And even her character is almost completely one dimensional. And she's only there for one of the other male leads to a have sex with and b so she can teach him how to read like that's why she's in the story otherwise it like she doesn't need to be there at all and it just was so frustrating made me so angry because it's it's it was so clear to me like fairly early on while i was watching it that i was like oh the people who are responsible for marketing this show saw what was going on as far as women's issues are concerned this year. We're like, hey, lady stuff is getting popular. Why don't we market it in this way? You know, this is a Western set in this town without men and blah, 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 blah. And it just was such a bait and switch and it just made me so mad. So anyway, <laughs> um, if you like Westerns, it is good, but it just is not what it was claiming to be. And that's why I was mad. Um, I watched a movie. So I do this. I, I still have cable. Like I pay for cable because it just came with our internet. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I have HBO. I have like five HBO channels. And... I do this thing sometimes where I'll just turn on one of them. Like there's mm. there's a particular one that I'll turn on and be like, "Well, whatever's on this channel is what I'm going to watch." <laughs> um and this year like a couple months ago, they, I turned it on and I watched the movie The Women, which is a movie that only has women in it, including extras. There is not a single man in the movie. Wow. And it's the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. Oh, no. I hate um, it when that happens. Did you see it? No, I don't think so. I'm just Googling it right now. Um, it oh, it stars... There's a lot of people in it. There's, like, beautiful, good actresses in it. And is the dumbest movie in the entire... I mean, the whole thing is about men. There's not a single man mm. in the movie. And the whole movie is still about men. It's like that. Um... So just putting all women in something does not solve the problem. Disaster. Yeah. Looks like it was a remake of something uh, that Joan Crawford was in. Yeah, which I would be curious to see because I think the, it's a remake of a movie that was pretty old from like the mm -hmm. 30s, right? 1939, yep. 
I, so I'd be super curious to know what that one is like. I'm sure that one's also all about men. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's a, it was like a fun, like, cause I like, yeah, it, it is terrible. Anyway, that was a sidetrack, but I also oh my God, there's this so year many that people in this. There's so many They're all people so good. in it. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. How does this movie. happen? It was so, and, and it was written by a woman. It was directed by a woman. How, I don't understand how this happens. It's not, it can't be their fault, right? Like, <laughs> I, or could it be? I don't know. I, I, yeah, who <sighs> knows? Who knows? It's upsetting. Maybe they thought it was going to be different and then it. Yeah. And then somebody, some executive decides it needs to be a different way. Um. Yeah, I'm just looking through the producers and stuff. <laughs> like, how does this happen? Why? Who distributed this? I, I don't, I don't know. know. Um. But so, the other so the other thing I'm gonna smash in with the women thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that I straight up cannot watch or listen to the news anymore. Oh. Um, yeah. No, me neither. Like, I think like am I like. I was because I was super into it. Like I have a journalism degree. I have worked in the news in the past. In the news, um, <laughs> I I worked in journalism in the past. Like I am interested in it genuinely, and I just can't do it anymore. It's too upsetting. It is, and not like like it's not that I like totally shut myself off from it. Like if mm-hmm. I want to know about something, I will seek it out, and I will. I I primarily read the news now and i listen i listen to npr sometimes um but yeah that was very different for me this year i just i think the the last time i like sat down and watched the news might have been the women's march like i just i can't it's yeah it's too much and it's not it just doesn't feel productive anymore not that it's it's always productive to you know there's just so many voices there's so many voices and so many things and like what um, even is the news no because <laughs> you know i think we think of like oh i'll turn on cnn and watch the news but you turn on cnn and they have like an eight person panel and it's like, this isn't the fucking news <laughs> yeah, what or they're this? talking about something that's stupid because they yeah. have to fill time and i get it they have to fill time but their eight people but, panels are just yeah so no, upsetting I, yeah. but it like and it's not Obviously, it's not just them, you know, they're like, it's all a nightmare. But even if you just try to watch the local news, have you tried watching network local news? Like, you know, eyewitness news at seven or something? It's, it's pretty bad. It's so fucking grim. Oh my God. It's also like, it's, so I, I also like, I've moved in the last four years. I used to live in the New York area where it definitely like has a certain style there. Uh Like the, the lead with like a crime usually big crime Mm -hmm. or like something something dramatic yeah Um, there's always somebody getting murdered there's always something that seems dramatic yeah you know a big event leads it leads yeah um but but now i live out in the boonies like there's i live i live in vermont now and it is so different here. It's oh, it's yeah. fascinating. It's like it's downright boring. Like, <laughs> um, so the the difference is actually really interesting between the two places. That is interesting. Um, my favorite. Um, I I was watching the local news on a weekend morning, and 
they had like a a cooking show kind of segment but it was like I mean the quality of it is just so different here and like I get it I totally understand why and I'm not like making fun of them or anything but like it legit like felt like watching like a cooking show that you would have made in like a high school class <laughs> like <laughs> it, it was it was fun I liked it I watched it obviously <laughs> yeah I mean you might as well um but yeah, that that was another one on my list this year. Is that like I consumed news very differently? Mm. Than yeah, in the past. I definitely did too. Differently meaning less, for sure. Because um, I used to listen to WNYC in the car all the time, or like when I was working, and I just can't because it stresses me out too much. <laughs> and now I find myself listening to like weirder and weirder podcasts instead. I finally started, after being a big Bullseye fan for many years, hosted by Jesse Thorne, mm-hmm. distributed by NPR, um, from the Maximum Fun Network, I finally got in, got into Jordan Jesse Go, which is, uh, oh my god, my brain, where did you go? It's like, it just disappears. Um, Jesse Thorne's other podcast, which is like kind of an improv podcast, which I don't normally like, but not. Um, he and his friend Jordan have been doing this weird podcast for like 10 years, and I finally started listening to it, and it's very good. <laughs> I've never listened to that one. Um, I used to hate it, but now I really enjoy it because it's I've... kind of absurd. For some reason, I don't like him, and there's no reason for me not to like him. Like, yeah, it's based on absolutely nothing. America's radio sweetheart. What is wrong with you? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just I don't like Bullseye. I don't know why. That's fair. I get it's it. Not, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not everybody. for every reason. It's just yeah. Like I have a lot of other choices, and I go with a lot of the other choices. I have really liked some of his interviews though on that show. Yeah. So what um, podcast did you really like this year? Uh, on my list is Off Book. Um, book. Do you know Off Book? I haven't even heard of that one. Oh, okay. It is a musical improvised podcast. God, you have... Did I break your brain? Are you mad at me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would rather die. Well, okay. So so I really like, like, long-form improv. Like, Comedy Bang Bang is probably my favorite podcast. Okay. Um... Not but, something so, I'm generally into, off, and I also really hate musicals. Two improvisers um, who are very, very, very good, and they're good singers. They're very musical, um, and they'll invite one other person on, sometimes more than one other person, to improvise an entire musical with them. And sometimes it falls flat. Sometimes it's not. It's there. Some of them aren't good, um, but when they're good they're incredible like Mm -hmm. definitely episodes of that show have made me laugh probably the hardest that i've laughed all year okay that's a a strong endorsement yeah and like we to to the point where like groups of friends and i still sing some of the songs (laughs) okay oh my goodness okay uh 
Um, so Buffering the Vampire Slayer, which is a podcast by uh, Kristen Russo, who writes for Autostraddle, and her wife, Jenny Owen Youngs, who is a musician, they are watching and recapping every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it is so good. They do such great job of talking about the episodes, and for each episode at the end, they have like written and sing a song about the episode and they're all really good they oh that is fun yeah i highly recommend it i love it a lot it uh brightens my week i think it comes out on wednesdays um it inspired Uh, a full buffy rewatch which i finished in about it oh yeah you did do that this year i remember that that was a a wonderful wonderful thing that i did for myself and i recommend that everybody (laughs) do it i've never watched buffy all the way through Oh my goodness. Uh, well, my advice is that the first season is generally not good, so you just got to power through that. And then <laughs> the last three seasons, I think it's the last three or maybe the last two, um, Joss Whedon actually handed off show running to Marty Noxon, the co creator, co producer. Um, and it gets really dark. And a lot of people mm. don't like those last few seasons, but I think they're actually some of the best that mm. were on the show. I like it a lot. My my podcast that didn't make my list, but it was like my notable mention podcast is um Reply All, which oh. it was not a new podcast this year. No, but they had a great for year. A long time. Yeah, I just my roommate told me about it this year and I was like, Great, sure. And I that's a great not just a great podcast, but like I have a crush on their friendship also. <laughs> it's it's like a lot of what it is. Like I just they're so mean I, like, to each other. It's yeah, but it's with love. Yeah, that's true. It's like a it's it's a it's a kind of mean that you only are to somebody if you actually really like and respect them. Which that's sounds true. really weird. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> um, um yeah, and they had a really, really good year. I've been listening to Reply All since before it was Reply All, and it was actually called TLDR, and was like oh, a so weird cool. spinoff of On the Media at WNYC. Hmm. Oh, On the Media is my number one favorite podcast of all time. Yeah, it's very but... good, but that's another one I've had to like not listen to as much this year. Oh, it's the only one I can still listen to that's news related because I, get that. I just I know that it's generally not gonna upset me. Mm-hmm. Like I fa- I obviously fall on the same side politically as the hosts. I think I think no one would argue that they're very liberal people. Yeah. Um, Bob Garfield has I, lost his I, shit this year. <laughs> I love it when they get angry. I love it when they get angry, which is rare. Yeah. Um, but they do sometimes. Um, because that, I mean that's why I like them is I think obviously they're really liberal, but they. They do try to stay very even keeled, even when they're talking to insane people, um, which they which do. they do a surprising which amount. They do do which I like. Um, I I do think, despite their obvious bias, they genuinely try and usually do a good job mm-hmm. of, of being critical of their own industry, right? Which of the media landscape, nobody which is... else is doing. Yeah. Well. Yes. However, I would say that people are doing a very disingenuous impression of what on the media does in that, you know, people being like, oh, fake news, fake news, and Ugh, the, the liberal or the, you know, the mainstream media, mainstream media, like, if you've been paying at all to the 
paying any attention at all to the media in the last, oh, I don't know, forever. Um, like you're a journalist, you were a journalism major, like, you know, the history of newspapers and journalism and like, whatever. Um, it's not this like perfect institution, you know, that, uh, that I think the majority of people who've never had to think about the media and media coverage, um, you know, they, they think of, or they, they have this idea that at some point, the media told the truth and, you know, it was, yeah, right. transparent like it was like more, and more pure unbiased in and, an old and time. more pure. And like, none <laughs> of that is true. It's all no, bullshit. No. Um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's always been frustrating for me as somebody who technically doesn't have a media studies degree, but was a media studies major for longer than any of my other majors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, has always been frustrating to me because it's like, you know, I like the conservative people that I know are like, oh, li biased liberal media and, and only Fox News is fair and balanced, which is like a hilarious farce. But then on the other <laughs> side, it, you know, you turn on any of the other quote unquote mainstream media outlets and it's like also this big ridiculous farce. And like, that's like but having, it ha it's it like being able to, to be. see the Matrix. <laughs> having like a background in media studies because like you can see like all of these things happening at once and, and like kind of see beyond what they're necessarily saying and start thinking about like okay but why are they saying it and and why are they saying it in that way and if they said it a slightly different way would that be a different meaning and like what is fox doing and you know <laughs> and like now like we're in a media landscape where Breitbart has a White House correspondent, you know, and is like there in the White House press corps and other, you know, pretty extreme uh, news organizations are, are gathering traction um, and have between their deliberate sabotage and just general bumbling by the media in general and also God only knows what the, like, internet trolls are doing to alter the information that we perceive and also algorithms and, like, what shows up in our Facebook feeds and, like... And the Russians. And the Russians, yeah. Who knows? Nobody. Maybe reply No, don't all. we know that that's real now? Yeah. Like, we well, know no, that that's real now, right? We know that it happened. We have a general idea that the scope is pretty extensive um but we don't know exactly what happened but like what happened when right like what happened during the campaign what happened during the election what has happened since no but i just mean even like like the the spread of facebook news like right didn't somebody say like oh yeah this one came from russia and this one like like can't you actually yeah. like, there was a thing and that came out recently right yeah, well, there's all sorts of things that have come out recently to to the point where, like, you can find two exactly opposing pieces of information to justify whichever viewpoint you have, which is infuriating. And I, I think we're kind of at this point now where – I don't know where I was going with that, that thought, but um, – Reply All has done some interesting reporting on this. On the Media has done some interesting reporting on this. There's been, like, a lot of interesting reporting on this. But between 
you know, what we don't know and what Facebook keeps private as their, you know, proprietary algorithm, like, we have no idea necessarily. Like, we know something fucked up has transpired and is continuing to transpire, but, like, we don't really know. You know what I mean? And, like, I, that's... I have the tolerance to like live in that kind of gray area. And I think that the vast majority of people don't. And especially if they haven't, if they don't have any sort of background in media studies, like this is so far beyond most people's ability to understand what's happening. Like when I hear other people have conversations about like the bias of the media, I'm just like, Oh, Oh buddy. (laughs) Like you, this is going on like so this is so much more complicated, I think, than anyone really understands. And yeah, than I understand, even. But, like, I understand enough to know that, like, it's really complicated. Yeah. I don't want to talk about politics. Oh, no, me neither. Um, I listened to some good audiobooks this year. Ooh, I was going to say, they? I read some good books, but I did not read anything. I listened to them. <laughs> Do you only listen to audiobooks? Uh, pretty much, yeah. If I'm going to, like, quote-unquote, read a book, it's, I'm generally listening to it as an audiobook, unless it has lots of pictures, <laughs> in which case, like, if it's an art book, I'll, you know. Um, but I usually only read nonfiction, but I branched out a little bit this year, and actually started 2017 with uh, Octavia Butler's Earthseed series, which was both a great idea and a terrible idea. And it actually uh, segues perfectly from what I was just talking about. Um, So Octavia Butler, she's regarded as the first uh, black woman who is a sci-fi writer. Um, She's a very good sci-fi writer. Uh, I read several of her books this year, but she has these two books. The first one is called The Parable of the Sower. And the second one called the Parable of the Talents, and they're referred to collectively as the Earthseed series, and um, they are hard to explain. But basically, the format that they're written in is like diary entries, and mm-hmm. it's the the first book is uh, the diary of this young woman who I think it, it like starts in the year like twenty twenty two. But Octavia Butler wrote these in the 80s. Um, And uh, basically, she lives in a kind of post-United States situation um, where, like, the government hasn't necessarily collapsed, but, like, the rule of law certainly has. And so people are living in these kind of, like, they have to, like, live in these gated communities because people will just, like, murder you and steal whatever you have because, you know, resources are precious and that sort of thing. Um, and it just prepared me, I feel like, for the years to come in a certain way. Um, I forget where I was going with that train of thought, but they were really interesting and really good, and I recommend that people read them because they're very relevant to the times that we're living in. Did you listen to audiobooks, though, you said? Yeah. Who read them? That's a good question. Some lady. Oh. I was curious, because sometimes, like, that's the best part of an audiobook. Yeah. No, it wasn't, like, a celebrity or anything. Um, 
Let's see. The Parable of the Sower was read by Lynn Thigpen. And the Parable of the Talents was read by Patricia R. Floyd. Mm. I also read or listened to the audiobook of a book called Get Well Soon, History's Greatest Plagues and the Heroes <laughs> Who Solved Them. And I found, I found that really interesting and really relaxing. <laughs> it's I a funny it a thing to find relaxing. I know. I am weird like that. I just, I really like uh, medical history. That's a large hobby of mine. Um, infectious disease is like... A particular area of interest because I just find it so much um, more well and some people may find this not reassuring at all but that like oh we're just getting started you know we're <laughs> we barely even scratched the surface on the human body and like medicine and that sort well, of I thing. No I think that's all super exciting. Yeah and not just exciting but just like as far as like my own mysterious health problems and like mm -hmm. how long those took to get diagnosed, it's like, oh, well, I mean, up until like 1940 something, nurses were still kicking rats away under the table for <laughs> brain surgery. So, you know, like we've got, we've got a long way to go. We've come very far in a short we're period of time. We're pretty lucky but, still. Yeah. Yeah. Also not. And also we are. Right. It's only getting better. It's all, well, mm. well, the the smartness of people, not the actual mental color and the access to I it. I mean, but <laughs> that, even the that's debatable. That we're but uh, yeah, just because of oh, I, you know what? I don't even want to get into it. It's right, complicated. Don't do it. It's don't all very it. complicated. No, okay, don't do it. <sighs> I had to stop uh, producing my other podcast in sickness and in health this year because covering anything related to healthcare got a little too stressful for my own health. So we started wistful thinking instead. And that has <laughs> been a highlight of my year. Well, that's the fifth thing on my list. Well, how about that? <laughs> um, yeah. The fifth thing on my list is this podcast. Cause I never made a podcast before this, except for a guest on other people's podcasts. So this was a new thing that I did last year and it was cool and I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it's been really nice to reconnect. It's been really nice to uh, have some of my old friends on and make some new friends and watch some things that I maybe would have preferred that we didn't, but it's okay. Uh, and it's been great to uh, schedule time where I have to talk to other human beings because well, I work Well, that's from what home. I really like. Like, not that, like, I talk... I talk to a lot of human beings, not that part, but like <laughs> the, like, I feel like this kind of like idea to sit down and have a conversation about a really specific thing. Yeah. Doesn't happen outside of college. That's the last time I did it. Yeah. That's um, true. And so I really like that. Because, like, there are a lot of times where I'm like, ugh, what am I even going to say about this? Like, how are we going to talk about this? And then we, we do anyway. Yeah. Um, so I have liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say my honorable mentions. Okay. Because that's the last thing on my list. Cool. Um, they're all TV shows. They're all TV shows that I watched this year. Ugh, except for one of them, which is K-1. 
came out this year, but I didn't watch it until 2018, so let's pretend. Um, but they are The Good Place. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. That right? was actually, that was like number two on my list. It is... It's like a golden light in my life. It's just like so refreshing. It's unbelievable. It's <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. And every episode, I'm like, how did I keep doing it? They keep doing it. I know. It's so it's, good. It's wonderful. Everything about it. I, so this is the the good place is like maybe the second hardest that I laughed at something this year. Yeah. Um, it's so excellent. And it was the episode where they were doing the simulations um, of the train problem. <laughs> I just I couldn't. It's, yeah, I watched it a lot of times. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> um, I want them to give Janet uh, her own spinoff. Maybe they will one day. I hope so. Um, the next the next honorable mention on my list is Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty was okay. back this year and that was kind of a big deal. Yeah, I watched um, it for the first time. I enjoyed it. I uh, I wa- I've watched all of them like two or three times. They're always worth. Like, like I like Rick and Morty because it's a show. I like to have a show that I can just put on mm-hmm. if I'm like, you need something in the background, or if I'm like grumpy, like I like having a nice twenty minute show to put on. Yeah, and that's a really good one for that because once you've seen them and you kind of know the plot, um, you don't have to pay too close attention. But I pick up new things every time I watch them, and I like that. It's fun. Cool. Um. My next one is, well, Handmaid Sale we talked about already, mm-hmm. which I actually forgot about until you said something. Um, yeah, well, I tried to put it out of my mind as quickly as possible. Do you know what? This is, this is, I don't know how to feel about this, but I found out this year that Elizabeth Moss is a Scientologist. Yeah, she is. Which I just, like, feel very weird about. Yeah, but I think she might be a second generation Scientologist, like Beck. That's not better. So it's like... Really? Because I feel like, ah, they grew up with it, you know, like, I, technically I'm, like, a hundredth generation Catholic. I don't believe in that stuff. But you're not actually a Catholic. Like, if I wrote a Wikipedia article about you, it wouldn't be like, Kara's a Catholic. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. So, I think that's actually a little bit why I kind of, like, checked, checked out of the, like, I watched the whole show and I loved it and it was amazing. But, I, like, once I found that out. I, like, checked out of liking that a little bit yeah, in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Which isn't, which I actually don't think it's fair. I don't think, well, I don't know. This is this is a big question of this year is, like, how much can you judge something based on the actions of the person who is in it? Yeah. And like, we don't know the answer to that yet. Right. And also, like, well, I guess there's, like, a certain level of, like, complicity that comes along with being a high-profile member of the Church of Scientology. But, like, it's not like she's the one water- waterboarding people in some dark room somewhere, you know? No, sure. Yeah. You know, and, like, I also think, like, there are there are levels to that kind of thing. Like, I know. But then, also, people say that about, like, sexual harassment. And then that's really frustrating. It's, it's all so great. And we're all, like, not good at knowing about it yet. Because it's yeah. only recently that we've started talking openly about it in this way and hopefully we'll be allowed to continue talking about it openly in this way and something horrible won't happen which i worry about every single day i i no too scary let's not sorry but that actually is a great segue into the last show on my list which is black mirror 
Okay. Haven't watched it. Seems very stressful. Oh, man. It is very stressful. You actually might not like it. It's so stressful. Yeah. And then every once in a while, there'll be an episode that's actually not stressful. But because of the tone of the show, you're like, like I don't know where this is going. You never know where any of them are going. Yeah. Because um, everyone is so different. And some of them have happy endings. And some of them have nothing endings. And some of them are the most depressing thing you ever saw. Um, and you don't know what it's going to be until the last second a lot of times. I don't like um, that. I love it. I love it. Because I, I, I really like watching something I can't predict. Yeah. Well, that is, I mean, how rare. Well, exactly. Yeah. So it's so exciting. Mm. Um, it's like maybe the only show I've ever binge watched. Like almost the moment it comes out every time. Okay. Well, it. it's been on my queue for a very long time, like, but it just, I'm never like, hmm, I really want to stress myself out right now. Well, if you want, I can or... tell you the ones, I can tell you the ones one day that aren't stressful. Okay. I can make, a, I bet somebody's made a list of like, <laughs> like most stressful to least stressful Black Mirror episodes. I'll have to look for that. Um, I think the... Well, one thing that we didn't get to on my, like, main list was the Anne of Green Gables um, adaptation that came to Netflix this year Mm -hmm. called Anne with an E. Um, It's, you said you never, like, read the books or watched the miniseries, so Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's a kind of a, I hesitate to use this phrase, but it's true. It's like a gritty reboot of the Anne of Green Gables, um, uh, which is a series of novels. Well, Anne of Green Gables is a novel. And then I guess, I don't know what the series is called, but there's a series of novels about the character of Anne Shirley, um, written by L.M. Montgomery. Um, And it's about this orphan in Edwardian uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, who goes to live with this family and like hijinks ensue and that sort of thing. But um, the book has like the books have a lot more darkness in them than the Canadian adaptation that they made in like the eighties and nineties. And this adaptation brought like a lot of that back into it and like really just kind of like showed the, the trauma of this poor girl but like also like the kind of uh just effervescent energy and anarchy that she has within her and and it was just it was so good um and i really i enjoyed watching it It was very sad i cried a lot uh but it was also beautiful and the girl that they cast as Anne was like perfect um so i really enjoyed that a lot i know you really wanted to do Anne of Green Gables on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we will. But someday. Maybe we will one day. Yeah. I feel like, like, now that we, like, don't always care about having a guest, we'll get to a lot more things this year that we've been talking about getting yeah. to. Yeah. That's exciting. Because we don't have to wait for someone to pick them or, like, <laughs> trick someone into picking them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then my honorable mentions um season two of the crown just came out and i've really although all of my ancestors uh are probably spinning in their graves uh have really enjoyed that whole series um and i i 
I I find myself kind of like continuously surprised by the amount of sympathy it manages to make me have for the Queen of England. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's really interesting and it's, um, you know, it's a beautiful period drama and you kind of get to see her inner life a little bit, which I just find endlessly fascinating. It is, it's yeah. such like a sad and lonely existence although i have to say season two not nearly enough dogs uh it was a huge (laughs) letdown because i think in season one they're like following her around everywhere which apparently they do in real life too she has like this little (laughs) fleet of corgis that just follows her everywhere um there just were not enough dogs in season two um that was another show that i started and then just like got to the middle and was like "Eh." (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, it's kind of, like, slow and boring, but I enjoyed it. Um, the Great British Baking Show, also. Uh, I mean, talk about something that I want to watch when I'm grumpy, because it is just a true, true delight. I can't watch American cooking shows. I find them entirely too stressful. You know, like, everyone is like, I'm not here to make friends, and, like, the music is really intense, and, like, it's just, ugh, I don't like it. Um, but on the Great British Baking Show, the music is not intense. It's just pleasant. Uh, everyone seems to really like each other, and they all hug at the end of every episode. <laughs> um, and the judges, even when they're, like, giving negative feedback, they do it in, like, a really, like, sweet and kind way, which I like. Um, and, like, the baking that they do on the show. So, like, the people that are on the show are home bakers so they're not professional bakers they're just like people who are really good at baking things at home um so like you get an an interesting mix of like backgrounds you have like the engineers always do really well because they're able to like engineer these like amazing things that they bake um and then like other creative people or just like grandmas or you know teenagers and it's just it's so great and the baking that they do is at this level that's like not it's like just whimsical enough that you don't that you're like "Mm, i could do that if i wanted to but but like not so much so that you're like ooh, i'm i I feel like i want to bake something so you just sit there and you watch the show instead of actually baking which i think is great uh and it's set on this like really beautiful estate that like changes over the course of the season, like you see the all the flowers and stuff changing in the background, and I just find it to be a true delight. I highly recommend it to everyone. I love it. It's technically not a new thing in 2017, but I discovered it in 2017. So, did they change hosts in 2017? Yes. However. After that news broke, there was still another new season that they added to Netflix after that. So I thought that it was all over with the original cast, and it turned out that there was a bonus season, which was... <laughs> well, they added no Fielding to it. Have yeah, which yet? will be interesting. I haven't I seen like it. I like him so much. I do, too. Um, so as much as I like really love the old cast, like you know, the, I, I'm keeping an open mind about it. Um, so the, the cast being the two comedians that host it, 
which is are like a comedy a lady comedy duo whose names I cannot remember, but they are a delight. Um, and then the two judges, which is Mary Berry, who from what I gather is like the Martha Stewart of Britain. I don't know if that's the correct um, comparison, but that's kind of what I understand. And some guy named Paul Hollywood, who I don't know what his background is. Apparently his dad was a baker. Ah, who knows? Uh, but Mary Berry is fantastic and, um, she's not coming back either. Just Paul Hollywood is. And I think they recast somebody in her place. So we'll see. I just like, it's bad or like, I don't know. I'm not being a jerk, but like that kind of show is the kind of thing that I like just can't, I don't care about anymore. (laughs) I just can't. That's fine. I like it just feels like such an oversaturation of things mm. that like at a certain point, like sometime during this year, I was just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care about any of this. Yeah, that's fair. I just, um, part of my media I diet. Care. I, I care about your opinions and what you like. Yeah, but. that's fair. Part of my media diet is just like having the TV on a lot. So <laughs> yeah, um, I got out of that habit. Like yeah. I, I also used to be that way and I'm not anymore. That's good. You're, like, actually living a life, I assume? I'm trying to. I'm really trying to most of the time. <laughs> it's It was a hard transition. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with all that time? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, mostly circus. It's, like, mm. it, when you have, like, an all-encompassing hobby, <laughs> um, slash you're trying to get really good at something, like it's easy to be like, oh, well, like, you just plan everything around it. Yeah. For the most part. Not everything, but, yeah. And, like, that that pro, that won't be that way forever either, but it's like I have the privilege to be able to do that right now. Yeah, so you um, might as well. And also, like, am in a situation in my life where, like, I live with and work with some people who I really like to spend time with, so, like, mm-hmm. I tend to do that. You know, actually, I think that has something to do with, like, my move also, because, like, I found, like, in New York, or New Jersey, like, in that area, like, everybody, not everybody, but the type of person that I hung out with was, like, very, very, very media and pop culture, like, obsessed, Mm -hmm. like, that's the thing you talk about, and, like, are smart at, and I don't know a lot of people like that here, so I think I kind of had to change also Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, um, like, relate to other people better in some ways. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. That kind of thing, or, like, that kind of knowledge just, like, doesn't hold the same weight with a lot of the people that I've met in the last few years. Not that people aren't interested in it. They are. But not like people were in New York. Right. You just have other things to talk about. Yeah. That's cool. We play... We (laughs) This is stupid, but... We play games. I played Twister at my house last night. Like, just that is fun. wild. That is like, totally it's, wild. It's so stupid, but like literally that's what we did instead of watching TV. Oh, you're like a, a wholesome sitcom family. <laughs> uh, Do you have anything else from your list that you feel really excited oh my God, there's about? Because so my, my list is over. Okay. Pick like, um, one more that you're like, I must say this I mean Bojack Horseman's always really good and it, I think this was their best season yet so 
Go Drag Race. Oh, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched since the second season. Oh, it got better, I think. Because it got less about BoJack. <laughs> I mean, I li- I liked the first two. I didn't, like, yeah. on purpose stop watching it. It was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I don't watch that much stuff anymore, so I don't watch this. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, this season it was really interesting. Uh, they did some really interesting things that you don't see on TV a lot. You definitely don't see in cartoons. Um, I also got really into Steven Universe this year. Great cartoon. And... Uh, I'll I'll leave it there. <laughs> Two cartoons. Which surprisingly, I didn't talk about more cartoons. I watch a lot of cartoons, so Alright, we did it. We made it through our lists. Well, we didn't make it through your lists, but your lists are very long. That's good enough. Yeah. No, that's good enough. So hope what is there anything in twenty eighteen that you're looking forward to? It's mm, a good question. I don't think that there is. I feel like, well, because I've mostly stopped like reading about like th- things that are coming up, movies, <laughs> TV, whatever. Yeah. Like I'll hear about it right before it happens, usually, and then I'll be like, "Ah, oh, cool! Like I want to see that, or I don't want to see that." Um, I also still get screeners. Um from one of my old jobs I'm still in the writers guild from an old job I had I think they're going to kick me out next year um because I obviously don't write anything um but so I still get screeners so like for movies in general I tend to check out because I get a lot of them sent to me at the end of the year Mm -hmm. um and I live in the middle of nowhere so it's like a lot of work to like go out of my way to see a movie um because I have to go pretty far yeah um so yeah I'm like, I think that maybe a lot of things in my life might change this year, but I don't know what they are, and so I'm excited about that. And, like, a lot of things in the world might change this year. Oh, my goodness, yes. And that will affect all the things. It will just affect all the things. It just will. Yeah, well, I think you're... uh... Leaning your media diet is a good uh, preparation for the end of net neutrality. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think about that a lot. Like, I spend a lot of time just browsing on Instagram because I'm like, I have to get all these images into my brain before, like, you know, I, I like, don't have access to them anymore. I think about how, you know, even, even if the internet remains the way it is or or whatever you know obviously things change and like instagram won't always be the way that it is right now where i get to spend hours just looking at pretty flowers <laughs> <laughs> or or art Ugh. by like amazing artists all over the world you know so mm-hmm. um and i just think about you know people who lived in the past or like people who don't have access to the internet or accessible materials in any way just um like what a privilege it is to be able to consume Hmm. so many images i mean like speaking as a visual artist Mm -hmm. you know i don't have to put on pants and go to a museum i can just like launch the browse tab of instagram at any given time (laughs) and see like incredible work from people all around the world like from all sorts of backgrounds um and having spent more time this year working on art and looking at art and working with flowers and looking at flowers, it's just, that's been something that I've 
been cherishing because I know that it's like not always going to be a thing that I have the luxury to do or like even if it is still there will I always have time to do this and the answer is mm-hmm. probably no mm-hmm. just like you were saying about like being in a specific situation where you get to do circus things all the time you might as well yeah because um, there will be other times when I can't and right then I would be like oh I used to have all this time what was I doing with it yeah there's going to be plenty of time to watch stuff later. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> um, I did buy a bunch of plants the other day, some house plants, as a declaration that I intend to stay alive at least through the end of 2018. Great. Which, yeah, I mean, I, like, having struggled with my health pretty significantly in recent years, like... Mm-hmm the being able to say like and like who knows i could get hit by a truck tomorrow that that's not what i'm talking about but um like it's been really hard to plan Mm -hmm. anything in the future because i'm like well first of all i'm not sure i'm gonna be alive and second of all like if i am alive i'm not sure like what my level of mobility or ability Mm -hmm. in any direction will be so 2017 was thankfully like the most stable year that I've had in probably a decade with my health. Um, actually, 2017 was the most stable year I've had in a decade with my health. Like, not maybe that's a definite statement. Was that by luck or yeah. by something else? <laughs> no, who knows? It's that's what's so frustrating is that like. I, I don't know, and I don't know why. Because if it if there was a reason, I'd be like, oh, I just have to keep doing that, and I'll be right. fine. You'd be like, oh, I found um, the answer. Yeah, I think it's, like, a combination of things. Like, I am, like, I took a few years off of work because I was unable to work. So mm-hmm. I, like, was able to recover in some way. I don't even know if that's really the right word. Um, I had a cardiac procedure a few years ago that went awry. So, like, I think there's been enough time now that like my heart has healed and like my nervous system has healed to a certain Mm -hmm. extent from that um the fact that I like don't go out a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) helps because I'm like not getting exposed to other people's germs um because like when I get regular people sick it makes it's like really hard for me to recover from Mm -hmm. so like I haven't had to deal with that in a while you know my my immune system stuff is like under control it's like all of these like weird it's a bunch of spinning plates and i don't know (laughs) at what point all of those plates are gonna come crashing down inevitably they will because Mm -hmm. that's just the way that life's that life works and that's i figured out the way that my body works and that's okay i've accepted that uh so i'm just trying to ride this wave for as long as possible and i feel like confident enough in oh I should knock on wood or something now that I'm actually saying this out loud I'm like oh but what if I'm not I'll knock I have wood too I'll knock on it (laughs) um like I feel like I can plan to still be here this time next year so that might not sound like a lot to most people especially not most people my age I think that's like a given an assumption um that like people don't even think about but after the decade that I've had, that feels like a really momentous occasion. That is. Yeah. That's, I mean, you just said you had the best year health-wise ever. That's like... Well, at least in a decade. Yeah, yeah. 
That's like a big deal. That's so cool. Yeah. Maybe the universe was like, look, everything else is really hard. <laughs> we know you can't take this. We'll give you this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. And also the fact that I, like, after a certain number of times on the merry-go-round of, like, oh, are they going to repeal Obamacare or what? We don't know. Oh, no. They're going to do mm-hmm. it. No, they're not. Uh, I, I think I, 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 like, in May, I was like, you know what? I can't. I got to get off this merry-go-round because I'm going to kill myself <laughs> if I stay on it. Uh, uh. So, not trying not to be as like plugged into that and that was helpful i guess yeah <sighs> i guess okay well that is one thing i'm looking forward to this year too is i got my shoulder fixed last year yeah and so i have a working shoulder for the first time in like over three probably four years wow that's and exciting that's like a big like I didn't even know how bad it was I know. until it wasn't bad anymore. Yeah, I you just have get been used there. To, you get <laughs> yeah. used to it, and you're like, "Holy shit! I can't believe I was living like that." Yeah, yeah. It's amazing <laughs> what you can get used to. Yeah, it's yeah. So, not not as cool or momentous as yours. No, but, but that's a big deal. I mean, especially as an athlete, that's like a really super big deal. Yeah. So like that's I'm gonna use the shit out of my shoulder this year, but not too much. You don't want to no, but not yourself. too much. Just like the right amount. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. That's, that's my whole yeah. plan. Yeah. So we got stay alive. <laughs> uh, and uh, use the shit out of your shoulder, which I think can be distilled ultimately. And like, do the shit you want to do. Because who knows what's going to happen. Do the shit that you can do while you can do it. Exactly. Like right now. <laughs> like right yeah. now. <laughs> because yeah. people spend their whole lives thinking about doing shit and never actually doing it. So you might as well, if you're able to do something, go fucking do it. Because yep. when you're not able to do it, you're going to be like, why didn't I do that thing? Or yep. you'll be dead and you won't be thinking anything. So and then you didn't do it for sure. So Definitely will not do it. <laughs> That's it cheerful new year's greeting right <laughs> sign off i think it is yeah go do your things and bye <laughs> okay bye <laughs>